There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy. From the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome to The Woke Man series, the greatest case study on man. I'm here with my conscious brother, Timmy Morrison. How are you, bro? What is, what is going on, brother? I'm doing well. How you doing? Good, man. Um, we've, I've just been having to deal with some um, envy that pops up over your, your microphone and your crisp sound, but, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm working through that. <laughs> yeah, man. We got you, man. We'll hook that up. You're, you're the we'll master, up, yeah. Well, bro, thank you for joining me, man. I've, um, it's been, this is not the first time we've jumped on the audio. You've done a podcast with me. It's definitely not going to be the last time, but as always, it is an absolute pleasure to have your wisdom shared on, on the platform, bro. Thank you, brother. Thank you for having me on again. And it's dope just to be here again with you, brother, just conversing and jumping mm. in. Thank you, bro. All right, well, we're going to start with nine quickfire questions. This just helps people understand a bit about you, your perspective, what you think on things, and, um, and then we'll get stuck into the real raw questions. You ready to roll? Let's do it. Sweet, brother. So the first question is pretty tough. Where did you grow up and where do you live now? I grew up in Perth, West Australia. Um, spent most of my time on the coastline, and mm. I am still here, brother. Like a little bit more north than when I where I grew up mostly. I was born in Kalgoorlie, mm. out of the country in Perth. Um, out from Perth, sorry. Um, but yeah, spent most of my time up on this coastline out here. Beautiful, bro. I love Perth. Now, what do you do for a living right now? Uh, I am a men's coach transformational facilitator um ceremonialist mm. shamanic healer breathwork practitioner i'm not too really sure like what kind of like label i'd place myself mm. under but in that transformational scene I'm taking people into that liminal space for for deep growth and evolution you're like the um, shamanic optimist prime, the, <laughs> the transformer of men. <laughs> That's that, the shamanic optimist prime. Yeah. Uh, there, brother. New, new Instagram bio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's, what's one thing you're really good at? Making my partner laugh. Oh, hey, I like that. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, what's your biggest fear right now? Biggest fear right now is not being fully appreciated and seen for what I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, and your favorite quote? My favorite quote is one that's been like playing through me quite a lot is this... Um, one i can't remember what the the name of it is but it's um it's, it's about the critic who counts critic who and counts. it's um like um let me see if i can find it for you man i'll read it out for you because it's fucking dope the critic who counts it's not the critic who counts i think 
It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the door of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is mared by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, <laughs> and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Shit, man, that's wicked. So, is that from a book or? It's from Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, man. The, um, US. Was it president? Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's wicked, man. I think it's called The Arena. Man in the Arena, I think it's called. Man in the Arena. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. It's, yeah. I like that, man. That's a fucking dope quote. Just get, yeah. like, it really just sort of sums up a man, like, man, too, you know, like what we're trying to do here. If you think about that. Yeah. Just sure. doing what you got to do and mm-hmm. just like, even if you fail, just keep going because like, that's what really matters mm-hmm. is, is being in there. And then, you, you know, you can receive so much feedback from other people and, and worry about like what people are saying and their opinions and everyone, everyone in this world will have an opinion, mm-hmm. but it's choosing whose opinion and whose voice, uh, whose judgments like really matter to you. Mm-hmm. And like, I would much rather take advice from somebody that's been in the fucking thick of it, that's been in the arena, that's been in, in, in it. And, um, and give me feedback rather than, you know, keyboard warriors that are saying this or that. Yeah. They haven't actually put themselves in, in that space. Mm, I feel that, man. Man, the arena. Brené Brown talks about that as well, hey. He's like, if you're in the arena with me, I'll listen. But if not, stop it. Just fuck oh, off. Bro. Man, I was just reading a book. The, um, I think it's Jaron Greatly. Yeah. Yeah, bro, man. So good, man. It's such an important read, especially in these times eh, that we're in right now. Uh-huh, man. It is. And I'm also reading, uh, so I'm reading a book at the moment called Courage to be... The courage to be disliked, oh. and so oh, bro, so I've good. But it's it's one of the good. best reads. Yeah, it speaks on Dang. like a on different psych like uh, Adlerian psychology, similar to Jung and Freudian yeah, theory. Yeah. Uh, but it talks about it in like a philosophical dialogue between a teenager and a and a uh, philosopher, and they're talking about these ways to you know. Eventually, it's not about what other people think; it's about staying in your lane and doing your thing. Mm. Mm. All right. Next question. What's a conscious man to you? <laughs> straight <laughs> fucking next one. <laughs> Thanks for this straight. This is a quick fire question. It turns into a, like a fucking essay for you. Man, a conscious man to me is is a man that has um, awareness around his behaviors, his actions, mm. and he makes the conscious decision to act and behave in a certain way based on his on his awarenesses. Yeah. So when there's this huge thing around like what is a conscious man, what is a conscious man doing, all of that, but there can be a lot of like spiritual bypass that happens within that, and it just becomes yeah. like another label. But you know, there's a lot of men out there that are so conscious, but they're not wearing it as a as a badge of honor, you know, like mm. and I think just being a conscious man is, is being, being awake to who you are and why you do things and how you do them and knowing that you are the creator of your life. Mm. Yeah. Love that, man. What's one thing that challenges you right now? It's <sighs> challenging me right now is um, getting stuck up in my head this past week man there's been a few like technological things that have been happening within Mm. my work that i haven't been able to get my head around and it's just like getting me super fucking heady man and it's just Mm. putting me in a bit of a in a well man you know one thing i really love about you is that yeah you're you are a transformational coke coke um (laughs) you're a transformational can of coke (laughs) you're a you're a transformational coach and you've taken me on a journey at your retreat and obviously with all your shamanic stuff that you do but you never you're never afraid to put your hand up and say hey i'm still in that arena fighting man like that's the whole thing that's why i got so much respect for you because you go dude i'm still working through shit but i know from my journey that i've gone through already I can, you're helping others through your own experiences and you don't yeah. place yourself on a pedestal. You go, I'm in the fight and I'm, I'm at the front line with you. That's why I yeah. really, I just want to commend you for that, bro. And thanks, bro. I appreciate that. Respect that for sure. Yeah, man. It's, you know, lead, lead from the front, lead from the side and, and be in it, man. Like we're yeah. all in this, in this together. Hey, and yeah. it's like every, 
stage of evolution, there's another <clears> challenge <throat> there mm. waiting for you to, to work through. Hey, yeah, so. dude. Onions, yeah, man. man. We're just like peeling yeah. back, like uh, <laughs> peeling that shit back to our truth and inside's probably like a sweet little cherry, but like you gotta get past that that onion, those layers that make you cry, you know? Man, there's this saying there's um every new level there's another devil. And it's just <laughs> I just love that man, just knowing that no matter where you are, there's always gonna be the next next challenge waiting yeah. for you. And it's like switching in your mindset, right? Mm, yeah. How, sure, you, bro. how you show up in that. Yeah, man. I respect that. Love that. All right, now this is a this is about a um <clears throat> this is the essay fire. So, uh, next question, what's unconditional love mean to you? Mm. Man, this is an interesting one, right? Because I feel like we can love unconditionally, but we're humans. So we, we're in this conditioned experience. So to say that we love somebody unconditionally is quite a hard thing to actually say because there's always an underlying desire or need, mm. you know, like, are you able to actually love someone without wanting anything in return? Mm. And um, some of the unconditional love that I've actually received in my life is with, with pets, you know, with a dog. Yeah. Like a dog will love you unconditionally, like no matter what. Yeah. And you might love that, but you know, that connection between, between humans, it's a nice thought to think that we can truly love someone unconditionally, but I don't think we're really at that level to fully love somebody unconditionally unless yeah. you've gone through a huge huge um unconditioning or deconditioning yeah. phase in our life where we've just stripped back fucking everything and we're just like so present in our own stillness in our own oneness fuck that's a good point man you, you often think like because everyone it's like a goal right unconditional love is like it's this I feel what you're saying, but it's like until we've done the work, we're always going to be battling some sort of condition inside of us, which puts the conditions outside of us, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, man. And, yeah. Um, you know, un unconditional love could also look like, you know, love without boundaries. But sometimes, like, when we don't have boundaries around love, then we might end up feeling that we've been used or we've been manipulated by somebody because, mm. you know, some sort of deep wound from childhood or from wherever is, is done to rise up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's good, man. And uh, last yeah. question, I know the answer to this. Do you believe in a greater power? And uh, what, what is that to you? Yes, I do believe in a greater power. And the greater power to me is like source, great spirit, God, whatever you want to call it. This, there's something higher out there that is we're worthing, we are woven into that fabric. Mm -hmm. of that higher power and we are, are a part of it and that's part of the human condition is understanding that and it's that deconditioning of the mind deconditioning of our own wounds and traumas so that we can start to identify ourselves that yes we are a part of spirit we are also one with spirit mm -hmm. and then knowing that we are the creators of our life through that experience and that this higher power is giving us every single thing that we desire but until we go through that unconditioning or that deconditioning phase, we're still going to be attracting things into our life that are going to be challenging us because there's a certain part of us that feels like that's what we want mm. because we haven't got to that, that stage of evolution where we've deconditioned into that, into that. Yeah. Yeah. I like that, man. Well, that's the, um, that's the end of the podcast because we've used all those questions up in that time. No, just kidding. We're going to move, we're going to move into the, um, the next few questions now, but I appreciate all your answers, man. And you know, there is no time limit to this. I'm just taking the piss. I actually, <laughs> I like the, where the conversations go. <clears throat> no, I love a good chat too, brother. All right. So the first question is the, what did your life look like as I, I use the term unwoke, unwoke to now and, and, and what, how do they differ? Um, yeah, man. So I guess like pre doing this work, I was, um, I was in the health and fitness industry. I was a PT and strength and conditioning coach. I was um, fighting in Muay Thai at you know, quite a high level. And that was like my world within that scope. Um, and there was, you know, I didn't really have a full grip or understanding of like what the, what the ego was um, about that kind of stuff. Like my mum was, still is, super spiritual. So I had that kind of, planted in the planting seeds in the mm. background but you know like I, I was like an uninitiated man 
Mm. And so I was like acting from a lot of wounded places, acting from a wounded child state, um, projecting a lot of stuff onto people, not knowing how to fully handle my emotions, not knowing how to um, deal with my own my own shit really. And so from that, because I couldn't handle it, I was just like vomiting it onto everybody else so that somebody else would would deal with it. Somebody I was looking to blame other people. And um I had this like sense of entitlement as well. Felt like people owed me something. Um Yeah, man. And like, you know, like I still had like a good heart, still felt like I was doing the right thing. Yeah. That was just based on like the awareness that I had. Yeah. Yeah. And and so how does that obviously how you're such a different person now, what like explain sort of your character now and and how there's so many differences? Um, Well, now. Now you get the opportunity to tell how, tell everyone how good you are. (laughs) (laughs) Talk myself up. And like now, (laughs) now um, I really appreciate my ability to take, you know, radical responsibility and ownership for for everything in my life, man. And, mm. you know, like what, one of the things that like I really, I really got from my life before, man, was that like I was comfortable in the fire and like from, from fighting, I was comfortable in those intense situations, man. And so I was never afraid of confrontation. So coming into this, you know, this next evolution of life that I'm in now, and because I'm able to take radical responsibility and ownership for everything in my life, I'm also able to have these um, conversations with people, these uncomfortable conversations with people. But rather than projecting, coming from a place of love and coming from a place of presence. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I'm still working with that fire. Sometimes that fire just fucking comes out. Mm. And, um, and I do have a very... Um, penetrative energy and like we we spoke about this from from human design and that's like yeah. part of my um my incarnation cross is that cross of penetration and and knowing that like some of my energy not some usually my energy is like really penetrative to yeah. people and sometimes i can say things to people without any kind of malice or any kind of like heat behind it but they will receive it as if i've you know said something really nasty to them and i've yeah. just like um a fucking note inside of them that's triggered, you know, a memory or a, or a wound within them. Um, I guess the difference that, with that is, is that because before you would have done that out of malice, now you're doing it to bring the best out in someone. Yeah. And do what's interesting, man, is like, I've always been able to see into people. I've always been able to read people and I've always wow. been able to like know what people's wounds are when I look at them. I could, I could feel them in my body and I never fully understood like what it was. But like that led me, that gave me this like false sense of power because I became manipulative to people as well. Wow. And I would say things to people knowing that I was like, I knew what was going to happen after I had said something to someone mm-hmm. and I would manipulate situations. I would manipulate people to getting things that I wanted. And then when I started working <clears throat> into like my shadow work and stuff like that and how we can, you know, lift that shadow up into a higher vibration to a higher resonance, that, that manipulation turns into leadership. And that was like a big shift for me from going from like my, my old life into, into what I, what I do now. And so, um, Mm. that's been another big, big part as well. Um, what else has changed is, um, man, I've gone through so many fucking initiations, Mm -hmm. um, through the physical and through spirit. That's like shifted my consciousness so dramatically Mm. from this, this boyhood, um, mentality into this like m- more like mature man mentality yeah. yeah, and gone through like near-death experiences where it's just like made me realize how precious this life is and what this mm. life actually means to me and that in itself has like really pushed me forwards into like what I do now as well yeah. and um, yeah man there's bro, there's so much I could <laughs> yeah. spend the whole fucking thing totally man but it's just like you've gone from um just fucking really craving love to just being content with what's what loves around you hey man that was the biggest thing for me man and and healing um like a feminine feminine wound and not just my own feminine wound but the feminine in women and and like chasing women to be accepted and to be loved 
mm. and to be um, acknowledged by them. And I was always, always chasing um, that feminine acceptance from, from um, like a female. Yeah. And that's shifted dramatically um, through this evolution that I'm in now as well. Mm, fucking and that, that, ex- that acceptance of self, man, radical, radical self-love. I used to have like body, body shame issues as well when I was yeah. fighting, man. Like I used to, um, used to, yeah, have like, yeah, have body shame. Um, really? And you would have been in shape too, eh? Man, like when I first what? met, when I first met Sammy, man, um, we went to Bali for the first time, man. This is after I had my neck injury and, and I was like st- still training a bit. And we were in Bali, man. I remember thinking that I was like fat, right? And then um, like a few years later, I was like looking back when I like got injured again and I couldn't train. I started putting on a lot of weight. And I remember like looking back at this photo and being like, holy fuck, you were ripped. Wow. And, uh, and then remembering at that time that I felt like I was fat, but I was so fucking ripped. Wow. And um, yeah, man. And I think like, you know, it's just, I don't know why, like it's just, you know, everything's based on weight when, when you're fighting or to stay a certain weight when you're fighting, um, training weight and then fight weight and all of that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's just probably something that happened within myself as well, not fully feeling myself and not fully appreciating and um, accepting myself mm-hmm. as well. So I'd, I was never what I wanted to be um internally as well yeah, yeah and that's like shifted dramatically too for me yeah and i mean even just to have the awareness of what that was back then it's something you didn't even think about like i know for myself it's like i didn't think about this shit about myself like self-love what was that that like no that's a girl thing you know like and to, yeah. to fully integrate all this awareness is a is really just summing up where you're at now it's like just complete yeah. awareness on on where you're at yeah man yeah, yeah i love that so next question is uh what what was during that period where you know that that untamed boy what was your biggest vice <sighs> different things at different stages man one stage it was um like drugs and alcohol um and i just love that fucking that high um mm. fighting um and um what else porn at a, at a certain stage but the thing is man is like i was never i never felt like i was addicted i could always stop things yeah when i like and i would just go cold turkey on things but that were like that would be like my my, my kind of vices that i would that i would go towards yeah um wow. yeah cool okay and um out of this i've picked out five emotions for what generally trouble men but if there's any others let me know but i've got anxiety shame guilt fear and anger out of those which challenged you most fuck all of them man yeah wow yeah all of them um you know like i've always had so much anger inside of me so much fire man like so much fire in me um, that deep warrior energy, right? Yeah. And the anger, because I never really knew how or anger meant or how that looked. It would always come out sideways through like unhealthy aggression and rage and like blackout rages at times. Um, man, like, and like guilt and shame, you know, cheating on partners, lying, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of stuff, man, stealing. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what were the other ones you said, man? Anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah, man. and yeah, anxiety and fear. Like, I didn't realize how much fear I had in my body, and that was one of the reasons why, like, I got so drawn into fighting was because it came from a place of fear and a place of wanting to be able to protect myself, mm-hmm. and and thinking that if I could protect myself, then I wouldn't get hurt again. Mm-hmm. And um, the anxiety as well, man. When I started getting some um, a couple of years ago, I started getting like some panic attacks and anxiety attacks. Wow. And I didn't know what they were at the time. And I was explaining to, to someone, they're like, oh, that's like an anxiety attack. And then I realized that I'd had anxiety my whole life. Fuck. And I remember telling my parents about it. But they never told me that I had anxiety. They just taught me to breathe into my belly. I remember like sitting out on the front porch with my dad at night because I couldn't sleep because I had all this anxiety. But he never told me I had anxiety. He just told me to breathe into my belly and it would calm down. And like, I'm so thankful for that because if I'd known that I was anxious, then... The, the, like the way that my mind worked when I was at that age, I definitely would have um, become a victim to my own circumstance and I would have wow. like not done certain things. I would have like used that as a, as a way 
um because that's when i was younger man i would use i would use um certain things to stop me from from doing something else like i'd always yeah. play victim to a lot of things and say yeah. oh, i can't do this because of, of this so um, wow creating that complex yeah, yeah bro so um yeah, man. I think like I've struggled with every single fucking emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel you too. Yeah, to the um to the extreme levels, you know. So yeah, for sure, um, man. And did you ever con- did you contribute any of those to something that happened to you in the past? Like, obviously, on your journey, you would have like made a few connections. Um, I definitely when I was growing up, I definitely knew that I was angry because I had a, experienced a lot of death when I was younger. Um and I remember talking to my mum at one point and she said like, or like, you know, I'm not too sure if you're processing like the grief properly. It's a lot of the anger that was there as well. A lot of pent up energy. Um, but like looking back, um, looking back, like I know where they've come from now as well. Mm, yeah. Um, and I remember when I was younger as well, like a, like a teenager, um, cause I was, you know, abused when I was younger, I remember like thinking, oh fuck, like I could feel this was coming from that, but I still felt so much shame around that, that I didn't want to actually talk to anyone about that. Mm. You got a puppy crying. Mummy's home. <laughs> yeah, man, we're fostering it. So it's so teaching, good, us a, teaching us a lot about ourselves. That's for sure. Yeah. But <laughs> on with you, not enough about me. Uh, so. This, this is a good this is a question i've thrown in a bit later man um whose love did you crave most growing up and who did you have to be to get it mm. man this is interesting hey because at the time i remember thinking um that i was craving other people's love like is it anyone i was just craving you know friends love girlfriends love and all mm. of that but uh, when i was in the jungle i went with my dad and we're doing this diet practice and one of the questions was um whose love do you most crave and it's like the one person says that one question and you just keep replying and it just gets deeper and deeper and my reply was like, like i crave my own love my own self-love mm. And I felt like all like, you know, still stirred up after it and our um, facilitator asked us to stay back. My dad stayed back. But when we came to it, I realized that the love that I was most craving or the love that I most longed for was my dad's love. Mm. And then we went through this process, man. It was so fucking healing, man. And we like eye gazed. And I couldn't remember the last time I actually looked at my dad in the eyes. Mm. Must have been years and years. And we'd done the same thing. And then he told me that he loved me just as, as, as I was. And he loved me oh, for who, who I was and all of that. And um, I realized that it's not that my dad never loved me. It's that I'd never let my dad's love in. Mm. And that would have been based on my own conditioning around like, you know, men can't love mm. men. Wow. And um, like an unconscious conditioning, right? Yeah, man. And so I realized like, so for a lot, lot of that, there would have been that wanting my dad's love, yeah. craving my dad's love. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I can totally relate to that, bro. And you know, what's funny. I remember listening to your podcast years ago. You did, you were on someone else's podcast and talking about how it wasn't years ago. It was probably like two years ago, actually. And you went, you're talking, <laughs> it was, um, you were talking about how you and your dad went on the ayahuasca trip together. Um, and I just remember listening to that in the car. I was in Subi or something driving around. I remember listening to that and I'm like, fuck, I just want to do that with my old man, like really badly because like, that's me, man. Like I resonate with that heaps. And I think there's going to be a lot of people listening to that. That will resonate with that. It's like, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I think there's a big wound, big wound there for for men, for boys and that reconnection with, with their dad and some, some won't probably won't get it they might they might have passed or whatever but there's still that that deep father wound that healing mm. that needs to be done there for men um yeah. and it's so potent yeah it's, man yeah yeah i can imagine the shift that would have taken place all right so um the next question talk to us about the lowest point in your life that you had and was suicide ever a factor in your life 
Yeah, suicide was definitely a factor. Man, I've hit rock bottom so many times. Um, and for a long time, I felt like I was stuck there, that there was no way out. I felt like I was just riddled with, there's been a couple, man. One was I was just riddled with so much shame and guilt and such low self-worth. And then I was also riddled with so much physical pain, nerve pain as well. And I just felt like, you know, my life just wasn't worth living in this state. Like what kind of life was I going to have if this was a gone shift? Mm. And so suicide was definitely a part of that, man. And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a really, really dark time. And um, one, one of those times when I felt suicidal is what led me to go to the jungle. And initially, I was going to go by myself. And then my dad was like, oh, he was like, oh, I think I'll come. Basically, he didn't want to make sure I wasn't going to flip out in the jungle. And then when he started to learn more about what ayahuasca was, he was just like, oh, I think that's for me as well. Fuck. Um, And so, yeah, man, there's, there's been quite a few times when I've been in these like kind of dark, dark places. And it's, it's one of those ones where it's, it's such a sensitive place to be, especially if there's someone that say like listening now that's in that place or they know someone that's in that place and it's not trying to fix where that person is right now, but just love, love them and just do something small that could, you know, brighten their day um, and just be patient and, you know, create the space to allow them to open up mm-hmm. to what needs to be spoken. Um, and there's like other factors as well. You know, there's like the emotional, mental factor for why we get into these like really dark, depressed states. But then there's also like, you know, the nutritional factor as well. Of like, you know, we might be lacking certain nutrients mm. in the body that can, um, or micronutrients as well that can, you know, push us into those, you know, darker places, which yeah. needs to be addressed as well. And yeah. a big part, part for me was, man, my adrenals were so fucking cooked that you know they really needed attention as well because i was just so burnt out and Mm. um yeah did you get on some like what sort of uh like nutrients were you getting on like any tonics or herbs yeah i was getting on a um from a my um adrenals i was getting on like a naturopathic hermal remedy nice um can't remember exactly what was in it man but um it worked to treat wicked that's yeah. cool, man. Yeah, it's a good point because, like, I think in the – I've been caught up myself in, like, the spiritual – like, getting the spiritual world, a disconnection to, like, spirit or a disconnection to that world is, like, why have you got all your problems? And then it's, like, nah, it's all emotions and mental. Like, you've got to heal your past. So, like, that's the solution. And it's, like, no, nah, when I went start, started going plant-based and getting stuck in that, like, dogmatic view, it was, like, you got money problems? Go vegan you've got relationship problems, go vegan. Like it was the savior for everything and only to come, you know, full circle to realize it's just, it's, it's pieces of everything. It all, it all matters, you know? Oh man. It's like, you know, four pillars, like physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, like they all got to come together. Yeah. And you know, that's something that you do see, especially in the spiritual communities that um, the physical part of the body can be, you know, pushed to the side and seen Mm. as like something less than because People are spending so much time up in the like the astrals or trying to connect to source and all of that. But like if your physical body can't, you know, carry, then you're not going to receive that much more spirit yeah. in your body. Like that's and, good to um, hear. Especially if you've got like a big mission, like your body has to be in the shape to be able to take you where you need to go. And um, you know, like if you got shit gut health, then yeah, you know, it's gonna be pretty hard for you to connect to spirit because you got so much brain fog and and all yeah. of that. That's you know, true, so bro. It's all part of it, man. And, you know, she got health will, will affect your, your emotions as well. And yeah. you can do all the emotional work, man. And, you know, sometimes people get stuck in the emotions too because you know, emotions only really last in our body for like a very, very short amount of time. But we like attach Attached to, to it. Yeah, man. And we, like, then we like release certain, certain neuro, uh, neurotransmitters and we like get these like dopamine hits 
when yeah. we start to release these emotions and then we get addicted to that so when we get stuck in oh fuck i just gotta go find the next emotion to release yeah without seeing that like you know there's like such a another spectrum of of growth that that's there you know so yeah man i i totally resonate with that eh? because it's something that's just been popping up re- recently i think through just like doing some more of my own research and reflection and it's like what what do you mean like you've got it's like the same thing you said like you got anxiety or you're like oh i think i've got to work on that i think i've got some really deep connections to your mum. you might have like i think you might actually have that but you also might not and you might be trying to attach to something to give reason to like why you're not where you are and um it's in this adlerian psychology right like they say that we get into this uh inferiority complex which is that we're not there because them we're not at our we're not successful because of them or that and it's like all this picking and blaming and saying my emotions aren't getting me to i'm not successful because it's because of this thing that my mum did to me you know it's all that victim mindset stuff so it's yeah i think it's important to just like drop so much attachment to things at times sure would you agree what's your perspective well it's like you know, I put a post about this um, a while, or maybe a couple of weeks back, man. Like, awareness without action is fucking useless. Yeah. So you can have all these awarenesses around, like, why things are happening in your life. But if you're not actually, like, putting a step forwards and, and doing something, and, you know, like, yes, perhaps you're not doing something because you have this mother wound or a father wound and, like, you can't go to the next level in your business. But what happens if you just fucking try yeah. and, you just, and you just do it? Maybe that's where the healing is. And there's like, there's so much work that can be done in the depth of our own shadows, you know, our own darkness into these deep, you know, suppressed places that we've like just denied and disowned. But also in those areas are the places that we're still playing safe as well. And we're not um, reaching up to our own evolution, our own growth and our own heights. And there's so much growth that can, that can happen mm. from like pushing up against your, your, your glass ceiling, man, and breaking through that glass ceiling yeah. and that next evolution of growth through that. You know, and it's like keep the body moving as well. And sometimes, like you're feeling a lot of emotions because, like, energy wants to energy wants to move, energy wants to flow. And mm. if you're like stuck in your body, if your body's tight, you don't have some sort of movement practice, then that energy is just going to get stuck in your body. So you need to be doing some sort of movement just to move that through. So if you're feeling shit, just go and do some movement. Go and do some push-ups. Go and do some squats. Just go for a walk. And that will start to move that through. Yeah. And, you know, like when we um, at the Brave, like that's one of the reasons why we're doing movement every single, mo- every single morning. Yeah. It's like, because there's so much stuff coming up for everyone. You want to make sure that that movement is moving that stagnant yeah. energy through to keep everyone open for what's about to come in yeah. the next session. Bloody oath, man. There was a lot of shit coming through in each session there. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the most significant things I've ever done. Anyone listening now, like I don't know when. When are you going to do your next retreat? Man, depends on what happens with COVID. Yeah, I guess it's if, sort of um, shut you down, eh? Yeah, like with, with the Brave, that will be um, probably next, maybe next February, man. Yeah, yeah it really depends on like how long this, this stuff goes down for, hey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll be doing some online programs for men as well. So awesome, bro. Um, you better look out for that. Definitely, man. And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to, we'll make sure we get some podcasts done before leading up to that so we can promote that retreat because that was fucking yeah, transformational. <laughs> yeah, scary, but transformational. Um, <laughs> all right. So, next question, man. At what, po- <laughs> at what point was there a significant, what well, was there a significant moment of awakening for you? Um, and what was it? I've had quite a few, bro. Mm. And I'm going to share a couple with you. There was one before I hurt my neck, right? And I was in a fight, like a, like a ring fight on the street. And I remember in the fifth round getting this kick right across my chest. And I remember this thought coming into my head. And this is the thing, right? Like, so your higher self yeah. speaks to you in a language that you can understand. So my, my, this higher, higher voice said to me, there's more to life than bashing cunts. Wow. Um, and I remember like coming out of the fight and it was so strong on my head. I was telling some of my mates and they were like, and I was like, I think like maybe this is it. Like I'm not going to do it anymore. And they were like, why are you so, like, you're so good? 
why why would you stop stop doing that? And then like I didn't want to um I didn't want to like let anyone down and I was had so much fear around people's judgments and what people thought of me to, to do that. And then so like fast forward, I was like, you know, um, on my way to, to Russia, I was fighting over in Russia for this world championships and wow. at the airport, my mum dropped me off. She's like, it's, it was like some full moon or something like that. And she was like, it's a really powerful time, like setting an intention. And it's like, you know, we'll do a little um, thing for it and, and hopefully it will come true. And my, my intention was, to be put on my right path. And my, my right path was, in my mind right then, was to be a world champ, was to have my own stable of fighters. And, and that was like what my purpose was, right? Shit, man. But it's not actually what my purpose was. And then from the moment I got to Russia, everything just sounded round like super fucking quick. And like, and then, um, you know, loss of fight and Fuck. It went, shit went down in Russia. And then, you know, ended up in Thailand and um, training for another fight. And that's where my neck, you know, got busted. And, um, and that was like that. That was like a, a rude awakening for me, man. Because I, I'd woke up. There was no like direct hit or anything that pumped my neck. I just woke up and I was in excruciating pain, and it wasn't. And I couldn't move properly. Like my, my arm, my whole body was oh, not my whole the left side of my body was shaking and shivering. And um, and it was a few days later that I realized or found out that I had you know these discs, one that hit my spinal cord and jammed a nerve. And oh. then that was like that in itself was like a big awakening because it was like a loss of identity and had this huge identity crisis. And by that, that this like really fucking gnarly death of the ego, um, that was like this, that was this huge turning point into that. And then over the course of like that year, I was seeing, I was after I had um, surgery, I was still getting nerve pain mm. down my back. And I was seeing all these different specialists to, to see, if they could, you know, find a reason why I was still getting this nerve pain and um, none of them could give me an, a reason. And that's what, you know, pushed me down more into the alternative healing path was mm. that. And that was like another kind of awakening in that, um, in that sense as well, man. Wow. And then, um, you know, after the first trip to, to the jungle, um, I just got blown wide open, man, and had some really, really massive awakenings there. And then when I came home, I went into this, um, you know, this altered state this shamanic awakening for about you know six months where i was in in and out of like altered states and i was seeing spirits hearing voices um seeing colors and fractals and just like jumping out of my body into other people's bodies and all this like you know hearing um hearing my partner's thoughts and stuff and this was like this other's wild fucking awakening um of all of that happening um and then like you know after that then just it was like more kind of smaller awakenings um and shifts and stuff like that man and um you know and then it was just through the course of doing personal development and doing finding different teachers and mentors and different awakenings of understanding like my shadow my ego my soul my spirit and just different layers of of the energetic body having these kind of awakenings um and some have been just like you know like that one that was super shamanic and like others that were really shamanic as well like had this um you know men have like a hara energy um which is like you know the energetic womb for mm-hmm. men had this like hara awakening you know where like at um it was like about 11 p.m at night and all this energy rushed into my body my whole my my legs were shaking like trembling really hard and my my, my um i don't know if it's gonna my body was like going into like a wave Whoa. and then um i couldn't close my eyes because it was too bright it was too bright inside of my head what and I was, the like, fuck? yeah peeking out and um and like you know my, my partner the like nine months before had gone through a, her own womb awakening which was like kind of similar to this and um the after effects of this like lasted for about a week and stuff and then it was experiencing this like deep womb journeying into this underworld um for a while and um yeah I'm not sure that's kind of awakening Fuck. that you've been you've been asked about, man. But you know, different kind of like <laughs> shifts and changes, man. And these these are the ones that have really shifted me in into my path, um, into like you know doing yeah. what I'm doing, and um, you know, and within that six month period of that shamanic awakening, there was like these multiple awakenings yeah. that were happening within that that was like connecting me deeper to spirit, that were like um, you know, with like angel experiencing with angels, um, with like ETs. Yeah. Um, with just like things that, you know, at the time I didn't really know how to describe it to people, but like that in itself was one of the reasons why I do what I do now was because I was trying to figure out what the fuck was happening to me. 
mm-hmm. and um and by doing that that's like you know really shifted me into to doing this what i'm doing like right mm, now totally dude fuck so there's a good purpose to it but it sounds like a fucking wild ride man yeah yeah but man that's the most intense uh answer i've had to that question so <laughs> congratulations <laughs> um so obviously healing was a part of your journey man what what modality helped you most Whew. Mm. There's a there's a few man that have like been like significant at mm. certain points in my life, man. So one was learning about sound and frequencies. That was huge. Mm. Two was learning um like shamanism and mm. learn like learning directly from from spirit. Mm. Three was um Tantra. And, getting involved in Tantra and understanding Tantra and about sexual energy and about, you know, shadow work through Tantra and, um, mm. you know, about seed retention, control of my ejaculation, all of that. That was huge for my journey as well. Four would be um, plant medicines. Mm. Huge, massive on my journey. Like that, like, the, like especially from the Shipibo lineage, this, that Shipibo modality um, most people think it's just ayahuasca, but there's like, you know, five kind of core things that they go into with their plant medicine that was massive. And breath work mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Breath work was huge, man. It's like been such a game changer for me um, in releasing my own emotions with um, helping other people release theirs with, yeah. um, you know, and, and plant medicine connected me to breath work as well because I asked Aya how I could bring that magic back without people having to, you know, sit in, in an ayahuasca ceremony. She was just like, let me show you. And it was this, this breath work. Whoa. Um, so, um, and that's that main style that you were receiving yeah. Yeah. at the brain yeah. was, was what, was what, um, was what I was showing me. Wow. Man, but, um, that's crazy. Um, yeah, man, those, those kind of modalities. And man, there's like, you know, there's certain modalities that I would go to for, for a certain, issue if that yeah. makes sense man like yeah for example like the other day man i was like this like inner child shit was coming up so fucking strong man i was like i was like so contracted i was like um i could feel it at the top and i just couldn't get there and i don't know if you ever experienced eft before but it's the emotional freedom technique and it's all yeah. about tapping and um you got to say a certain thing like and sammy's like you know really good with the eft and so we started doing it. And as soon as I started talking, I was just in fucking tears, man. I was just having this, such a deep release that I couldn't actually tap myself. So she was doing the tapping for me. Um, so something like that, man, is like amazing as well. And like, you know, I've had incredible stuff with, um, with kinesiology. Mm. I've had incredible results with, um, with Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. with like acupuncture. Um, yeah. yeah, man. So there's like certain modalities I would go to for something and there's something yeah. I'd go to for something else. So yeah, yeah I, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, it's whatever sort of like comes up for you is like the best at the time. And you're just like, yep, cool. But it's, it's more so that what I can see with you is that you're willing to try so many different things uh, to help the energetic system, the four bodies come back into wholeness. Right. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And man, like I've tried some, tried stuff that like didn't do shit for me as well. You know, that like <laughs> what, what, people, would, people what, would rave about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, is, so, is there you know, an example? Like, is there an example of something that didn't really work for you? Uh, no, none that I can say right now. Okay, but um, yeah, yeah, but there's you know there's been times I've just been like, oh man, that's just that's not for me at all. But yeah. you know, other people are having fucking awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, like I was awesome, like awesome experiences. That was like me with um aesthetic dance for ages. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that shit. And then I did it, and I'm <laughs> like, oh my fucking god, it's so freeing. It's so good. And yeah. um. You know, but you had to work through some shit and then it was just as simple as that. It's like I realized, oh, it's actually okay to dance and I don't feel shame or being like I'm being ridiculed because no one actually cares it was just me. Like that's healing. Man. That's a healing modality really, isn't it? Oh, bro. Man, like my experience of ecstatic dance, I remember just being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who wants to do that? Who wants to do that shit? You guys look so fucking stupid. You're just dancing exactly the same. So like yeah. how are you being ecstatic? And yeah. I was like so judgmental on it. And yeah. then I was just like, you know, 
if I'm this judgmental, then I've obviously got some sort of like trigger yeah. around what it is. And um, it came to me in this, oh, I can't remember where it was, man. But I had this like, just this like pop of a memory when I was like maybe four or five and I was at this like little kid fucking dance, dance party. And the, um, the, the DJ at the, at the time was like, all right, whoever dances the most craziest is going to get a prize. And I was like, yeah. And I was just like <laughs> doing this like crazy ass dances, like fully getting, fully getting into it. And, um, and I remember these two girls like looked back at me and started pointing. It was just like laughing oh, at me. But, wow. And in the time I was in like this full state of just like pure bliss of myself. And then having these two girls just like point and laugh at me, just like mm. shut me down. And then I realized like, when at that time I was like ecstatic dancing, right? I wasn't dancing to any kind of form. I was just dancing to what my body felt like it needed to do. And then mm. when I like realized that and done some healing and some integration with that, went into ecstatic dance and I was just like, fuck, this is my, I love this. I love this mm. ecstatic dance. Just like letting that body move and, and yeah. Yeah. It's funny, eh? Fuck, funny, dude. Man. It's funny how that happens, man. For sure. Yeah, uh, bro. Um, uh, so the next question is more so around your friend. We've still got 68 questions left. <laughs> um, did, it's more around your friend group because I know when we change as men, uh, we, we, this is one of our biggest concerns is losing the people we've been attached to and connected to. Oh, yeah. Did it's a belief, eh? Yeah, wow. Okay, so talk to me about that, how your friend group changed and, and, and how you experienced all that. Um, man, so... Yeah, as I was, and there was a lot of me like not wanting to be around that as well because it was just like, you know, some pain there and some like, um, but whatever, man, you know, like we start to like move and shift and then like some people that I was hanging around with, I realized that like the only things that we had in common were singing Pierce and doing drugs mm. and trying to pick up girls. But outside of that, there was like no kind of, you know, conversation around that, 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 you know, like a deeper sense of conversation or, or, or friendship. It was just that. And, um, I remember like being quite upset about and feeling like I didn't have any, you know, close friendships. Um, and, and Samuel was just like, just keep doing you, you know, you would, you attract yeah. you know, these guys into your life. And, you know, when I was starting into this work, man, there was no other other men in, in the groups, man. They were like, it was just all women and and just me. And I know you've experienced the same as yeah. well. Like you've gone to some, you know, like that crystal healing course and being like the only, only brother there and, <laughs> oh, and these different things, man. You know? So, um, yeah. and it was actually through through Tantra I met um, my best mate now, Tal. And um, we just hit it off, man. And like, it was like we had, we shared a cab ride together from oh. um, me. He's, he's now his now wife. We're like in the same car, like going to this retreat. We're both um supporting at this tantra retreat, and um yeah, we just like hit it off, man. Now we're like you know best mates, and and um wow, that's yeah. how it and happens. So, like, and then, yeah, that's how it happens, man. And you know, and and it's like creating this. Um, you start to attract like a deeper sense of of friendship as well. But you know, like one of my one of my wounds, man, from being bullied, right, was that like I will um I will reject someone before I get rejected. You know, mm. so like looking back at when I was like leaving these other friend friendship groups, there was this, there was like this wound that was playing out that I felt like I was going to be rejected mm. because I was shifting. So then I would reject them before I got rejected because then that kept me safe because I was the one that was creating that that distance not them wow and so so what'd you end up how'd you deal with that yeah oh you just broke up by the way you say how did you deal with that um the rejection yeah like working through that rejection in a child work yeah yeah in a child work man and you know like man this is this is Oh, fuck, I love this, bro, because, like, you know, we, we talk about, like, conscious relationships and you think it's just, like, with your beloved, with your lover. Mm. But conscious relationships are with fucking everyone, man, like, with mm. your parents, with your siblings, and with, like, your friends, right? So, like, the growth and evolutions that, that me and Tal have been through together, man, have been massive, mm. you know, and, like, having the ability to call each other out, call each other forwards, and just, like, 
and you know and then like saying stuff like oh man this um so for myself like you know it's us like i've said to him you know like one of my old patterns is like i will reject someone before i get rejected so if you feel like i'm like pushing you away just say to me hey bro like what's going on like is there something yeah. that's coming up for you and wow. just stuff like that man so that's that's one yeah. of the things you know like when, when you get when you're working through a wound it doesn't always happen overnight that you heal something yeah so like when when you create like a a, a safe and support network for yourself like you could you can tell your close friends this mm. that are in your like vicinity to be like hey like this is yeah. a wound that i'm working through right now and this is like because you're trying to create like a new 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 neural pathway for yourself yeah so you're like this is this is something that i have done in the past so yeah. if i'm doing because it, usually it's happening unconscious right you don't know that you're doing it but it's just like starting to happen and it could be this just like you start to feel unsafe or there might be outside stress that's like causing like, your inner child to kind of fucking scream yeah and these like these like um default mechanisms or these safety me- mechanisms is starting to play out and you know that that safety mechanism for myself was you know to to reject before i get rejected because you know i was bullied so much when i was a kid that like i was like fuck i need to reject people so that i can keep myself safe mm, fuck man that's wow that's powerful bro it's um that's the, the, the that's the work we're talking about you know is that level of awareness where you can see it for what it is and have the willingness to go there man and owning it and do you know, that's like that so you own it Right, and then like you, you you action it, but then you have accountability, and that accountability is what fucking seals it, man. That's what like brings it home for you. Yeah, you can speak it into someone where it's like a safe container, and they can keep you accountable for it or stuff yeah. that you're working through. Yeah, like through love, and sometimes, man, people can say stuff to you, and you can get like so fucking like tired and contracted from it because it is bringing shit up in you. Yeah. But knowing that, like you know, then you have your tools to breathe and come back into like your own safety and 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 be open to it. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. And so we've got two questions left. <clears throat> um, and we've gone over by about six hours. <laughs> is, this longest, is this your longest one yet? Yeah, it is. But it's good. It's like, <laughs> I, I reckon we could probably keep going. Let's do it. Uh, what, what part of your conscious journey are you most grateful for? Grateful for all of it, man. Mm. Grateful for all of it. You know, and I'm grateful for everything, man. It's made me who I am today. It's made me be able to do what I do. It's opened me up to things that I never knew were possible. And um, like I'm grateful for all the pain, all the, all the suffering that I've gone through. Because in that those moments, man, I realized how strong I actually was. And even though at the times I was suicidal, there was still a part of me that probably never would have done it. Because there was a part of my spirit that doesn't want to go yet. Mm. You know, so every single part, man, I'm 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 so so grateful for every single part. And mm. you know, meeting Sammy was at like a such a pivotal moment in my life when I met her because I met her maybe four months after I had my neck surgery and so she mm. was really at the beginning of my my consciousness journey mm. and so she's seen me through we've both seen each other through like a lot of evolutions as well so I'm really grateful for meeting her and having her by my side as well mm. that's cool man that's cool yeah a lot of everyone said that everyone's mostly I think the biggest response so far is uh, that there that there isn't that basically they're grateful for everything or there isn't anything that they're really not seeing the benefits in, which is, mm. which is amazing. Uh, last question, brother, what's one tip you want to give your old self who you would give your old self is just starting this journey. Mm. Man, this is an interesting one. Hey, cause I've thought about this before and someone's asked me this, on another podcast, like, what would I tell my younger self? Mm-hmm. But, like, I really wouldn't change it, man. You know, like, and I was speaking to this with Sammy as well, and I was like, you know, if I tried to tell my younger self something that I know now, I would have just been like, fuck off. 
what do you what do you know wow yeah i wouldn't have received it that's an interesting response i like that though it makes so much sense you just you know, fuck you didn't want to listen to anyone yeah yeah so i wouldn't have listened to myself so mm. i'm just grateful <laughs> like it's just played out the way it is man. that's yeah. beautiful man that's beautiful well yeah. thank you brother for just being so deep and raw and and authentic with your responses and, and giving us your experience. Cause I know fuck, this, this podcast in itself, this episode in itself, along with all the other guys is going to be so friggin' handy, man, for people yeah, that have are resonating with your journey that are, that are there at the moment, you know, so thinking about all those guys there right now that are just going through those trenches and um, um, yeah, super grateful brother. So thank you everyone for listening to this. Thank you, Timmy, for joining me. Another woke man series working towards the greatest case study on man. You are welcome. Thank you, bro. Nice love, my man. Thank you for having me, brother. Woke man, bring love and just be. I got love in my eyes, bro. I can't see. I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be. Wokeness is taking my old self away. Yeah, I put love into me. I'm spreading that love. Yo, don't you see? Grab your cacao and drink it with me. Cause wokeness is taking my old self away. Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be Woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man. Bring love and just be.